Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their stories in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Christy Pettit, who's the CEO of Pollinate, a company specializing in AI programs with a focus on mentorship, leadership development, and connecting people with purpose. And we're going to discuss how Christy uses AI to create new connections improve knowledge transfer, and enable people to attain important outcomes. And Christy joins us from Guelph, Ontario. Welcome. Thank you so much, Trish. It's great to be here. Well, you're going to have to debunk the myth because one of the things that we do when we're featuring, talking about folks we're going to feature is we ask people to provide us with some questions if they can't join us for the live uh, interview. And the most common question I had was, would you please ask your guest to explain to us what does AI mean as it applies to business? Well, that is a loaded question, but one I am really relish the opportunity to talk about because I agree that I think the the hype is different than the reality. I, the potential is is phenomenal, um, both for for good and potentially ill, as we all know. I mean. Machines thinking for themselves, what could possibly go wrong, right? There is that sort of, we all have seen the dystopian movies and know about Terminator and all these other machine-based futures. Well, when we really think about what does AI do for us right now, and I had the opportunity to go to Collision this year, which is sort of the penultimate meetup of uh, startups. And uh, they brought in, of course, a lot of different speakers. And one of the speakers was um, Hovannis. Evoyan, I actually wrote it down, from Pixar. So not Pixar, as in the movie company, but PixArt, which is one of the AI art services where you can generate different images. And they do something crazy, like a billion images a day people are creating Whoa. at this point. And don't quote me on that, anyone, yeah. because that may be wildly inaccurate. But there was a, just an awful, like a, a lot of traffic around this. I think we're all we're all trying it out, right? Lots sure. of us are getting on there and saying, what would I look like, you know, in these jeans? Or what would I look like with a whatever? Or, you know, lots of different creative potential. But I really appreciated what Hovind said, which was really at this moment, AI does for us three things. One is content development. So we're all sort of in the throes of fascination that, wow, you can write a blog or who'd be crazy enough to write the intro to something now if you get an AI to do it for you. And lots of people are doing that. And chat GPT, didn't that change things quickly, Trish, when that hit the scene? Uh, know, chat yeah. GPT was really our, our gateway drug to AI right. uh, for right. the common person, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so that content development piece, and I want to return to that in a moment because there's some practical intelligence that we can apply to that first to help ourselves to make use of that tool. Processing speed. So we are able to process things much more quickly because we're moving. And again, these are my simple lay terms. I'm sure there's a computer scientist out there going, oh, she's simplifying the wrong things. But for me, what I think about is, you know, instead of all this sequential processing that we do with, you know, current algorithms that don't learn about what's happening, we can speed it up because the AI actually can parallel process information and can be prompted to learn about that information as it's processing. So that's a big piece of what we learn, what we use at Pollinate. 
we don't have promptable AI out to the internet. You can't get a hold of anybody's data through our system. But we have been able to significantly speed up algorithms that put together, you know, people who should connect. Who are the 10 people that Trish should meet for her startup or for her career development? Um, what, you know, being able to have better search on more dimensions. And because we have both practical information in our mentoring database and psychometric information, the machine's able to easily blend that now and quite quickly do something that would have taken an analyst a few days to do with a population of any size and shrink it down to, you know, a very short time. Right. Our, one of the things that we like to do is be able to have, you know, uh, a human, we call it the, the human rhythm, because the algorithm does a lot of the work. Humans still might be interjecting things that the algorithm can't possibly know, like, hmm, those people may have worked together at some point, I can just tell by looking at what their job titles are and the size of the company. Right. We could teach it, though. The third thing that AI is really, really, really bringing to the forest search. So just the ability to go further, faster, deeper on more dimensions, that's sort of, you know, hand in glove with the processing speed piece. So those are those are the three things that we have now. Unless you are working in a, a, a science lab somewhere, you know, training an AI to do more than that and getting really fundamentally into the, this whole topic of it being sentient, being able to think for itself, being able to learn. That's not really in our domain in business right now, in, if you, unless you have an AI business. Sure. So, well, that's, that's very that, helpful. That will come. That will come. Yeah, and, for sure. You, know, you can already get an AI assistant. We've tried out a few of them. They're lovely AI colleagues, but they, they aren't people and you got to train them. And, you know, it's, right. it is a bit different. So those are the three areas I think businesses need to focus on. How do we get the most out of those three things, given that those are the, the common tools available right now? You know, the other thing I think it is, is a paradigm shift because we have to think differently, right? I mean, you and I are on this wonderful platform, you know, you're in Guelph, I'm just outside of Toronto and we're having this wonderful conversation but we still love the face-to-face -face connection, the human connection, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a paradigm shift from the way that we think into maximizing our potential in the way that we can use the material. Now, I love the comment that you made about the startup. So, you mm -hmm. know, if you're a startup or, if, you know, listen, we have lots of folks on our platform who are making these huge paradigm shifts in their business. Yeah. You know, now that we've seen some changes in the economic conditions worldwide, people are deciding that they need to make a shift. So if they were to connect with you and say, okay, I did used to do this and now I'm doing this and I'm looking for a new target. Where is my target market as an example? Or is there anyone out there who can help me make this shift a little easier? I'm assuming that's where you would come in to be able to help them. Is there a size of business that's best for you? So we actually, what we probably do best, Trish, is put people together within organizations. So while we certainly do our share of advising and, and consulting and coaching, our business is really focused on bringing together the right, in, the right information and inspiration to move things ahead. So we sometimes work inside organizations in a talent development program where people are being put together to it's kind of a little bit of a mentoring can be a Swiss army knife because when we bring people together, just as you said, you know, and we do it with some intelligence. So some matching intelligence, they do want to meet together live. And frankly, one of the main 
purposes and focuses or foci of our platform is to stimulate live conversation, be it live like what you and I are having here online or getting together, but largely that piece. So, you know, larger organizations who are looking for talent management solutions to bring people together, can we bring them together with intelligence? Can we help them understand what's needed in this situation, both from an information and from a learning styles perspective? Right. right. We also work with a number of incubators uh, and accelerators in a similar fashion. So it may not be, you know, a pair setting, but we may need to have a few different people who are supporting an ideator, entrepreneur, inventor, and so on. Just as you've, you know, I know you have lots of experience with accelerators and incubators as well. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the right size of business, we can work with small to large businesses, but what we're looking for is people for whom knowledge collaboration needs to have a bit of structure, a bit of intelligence behind it, and, you know, ease. Right. Because That's now we're, we're in a situation <laughs> where we almost have too much access to yes. people and we yes. can go down a lot of rabbit holes. Yes. Um, and spend a lot of time, you know, trying to figure out what what is happening and so on. So that's, you know, in terms of the AI application in our own business, what we've tried to do is leave and and I've I've really tortured our development staff over time because they would love me to say, we're going to use a standard data intake every time. It'll always look the same. It doesn't because it has right. to be purpose driven. Yeah. If you want to activate a network, you got to have a purpose. People are so sick of just come and network with us. Uh, like how many of those invites do you get in a week? Right. A lot, right? Sure, so what's sure. the purpose? What's the reason? Just like share your stories online. You've created a community of people who are realizing how much we can learn from each other's stories and buy into the idea of showing up to take it in and ask questions. You know, that's a really good point because at our networking events, to be quite honest, we usually get five to seven countries of entrepreneurs from all over the world. And I always say, you know what, we're so different and yet the same because we're all experiencing very similar things. Now, give us a little bit of background into Christy, because how did Christy get involved in this whole idea of AI? I mean, clearly you didn't wake up one morning and say, oh, I'm going to do this. There was a path or, you know, some, some your journey took you from point A to point B. So how did you get to point C, which was creating this amazing platform using AI? Well, this, this, uh, you and I spoke a little bit before we, we hit, we, we hit, uh, the button record. to let everybody yeah. in. Yeah, record. I too have been entrepreneuring for a long time. And when I haven't been entrepreneurial, I've, I've largely worked with entrepreneurial organizations. I started my career in healthcare and learned a lot about organizational change, organizational development processes, etc. And the, the real opportunity that I'm after, that I have been after all this time, what I'm chasing is ways to close the ingenuity gap that we as a society have. That would be the biggest mandate or mission that I think I'm on. And I don't know if anyone remembers uh, the book. Uh, well, I'm sure some people do. Uh, that would be sort of of our, of our, you know, coming through the years. But there was a book in the late 90s, early 2000s called The Ingenuity Gap by Thomas Homer Dixon. And he basically talked about, he was foretelling the, the situation we're in now, basically, which is we have more human created or naturally occurring problems than we seem to have collaboration intelligence to fix. Mm -hmm. 
So my passion was, okay, I've always been in learning development, organizational development change. How do I take what I know and figure out ways that we can get people together for that ability to inspire each other and share information at the right time in the right place in the right way to bring more health to our culture, to bring more health to our systems. And when I was working in a large training and organizational development company, I I started to dabble in mentorship and, you know, more smaller, smaller uh, group collaboration. And I found that, wow, there's some real high yield here, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't scale. At least, you know, 15, 18 years ago, it didn't really scale. And I got to be honest with you, Trish, it's an interesting moment that we're in at Pollinate because... When we started, there were three other organizations that had a vision for how they could bring people together, um, you know, for online mentoring or online collaboration with, you know, some intelligence about each other. And now there are hundreds because, of course, we've become more familiar with the idea. For sure. So, you know, we look for our tribes. We look for the people with whom it resonates. But we started building something uh, 15 years ago. And version one was one of my biggest learnings was, oh, client-centered design. Yeah, good idea. Because the first version we built was the world according to Christy and her friends. And people were fascinated and interested, but they didn't know how to use it exactly. Or they couldn't keep in mind 15 years ago, software as a service, not a thing. Right. Not a thing, yeah. right? People weren't like, oh, yeah, sure, bring it in. They were like, we don't have that makes sense outside our firewalls, <laughs> right? Like that's just, as soon yeah. as they said, we're, we're, we're going to get IT involved, we're like, uh-oh. Because, you know, at that point, so, you know, Salesforce was kind of the only game in town that was sad. Sure. Yeah. So that was a huge learning for us. <laughs> Painful falling down learning about, okay, we need to be way more client-centric in what we're doing and really carve the solution down to the few things that reliably help people. So where AI has really come into play for us is wanting to be detailed enough in the work that we do have multiple different variables. If we're doing something for share your stories online, we might have a really different data set that we want to collect than if we're doing something for a senior executive group at a bank or a group of you know career development Uh, people in a career development program and conservation. So being being able to bring AI has enabled us to have this flexibility and fluidity that would be, you know, probably beyond what I'd have to charge if we did it all manually. For sure. Would be a bit questionable in terms of, you know, the value that people may be able to feel that they get from it. Right. So the ability to be more detailed, to getting back to, you know, what are the three things? better processing speed. So I still have analysts who are helping run programs, but they're not doing the, you know, taking people and putting them here and taking people and putting them there and looking at it different ways um, manually. They're able to do that now with the push of a button. And, you know, accessibility has come a long way too. That's something else that's really important to us is that, that this is accessible. So we ended up there because we just have a huge ambition to connect people at scale. Um, and not only at scale, but also in a way that builds trust quickly and enables them to have a true feeling of effectiveness in what they're doing. Because I think that's the other thing. We all get online and we meet people, but so what? 
Right. Well, I mean, the credibility factor to your point is really very important because clearly they're giving you proprietary information in order to maximize the opportunities. And I also love the fact that, you know, the first reiteration, as you say, was Christy and the and the analysts and their first idea. But you listen to your customer and now you've changed and morphed and upgraded what you're offering to become more client centric. And isn't that really what makes for a successful entrepreneurial venture? Uh, you know, we have to listen to the customer because not only does the customer drive our business, but the customer is who we're trying to serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a balance because sometimes sure. people don't know what they want or they say, yeah. you know, one of the things that's been a bit of a torture for me over the years is the, the, the discussion forum thing. Do you have a discussion forum in a, a, a knowledge sharing community? It sounds ridiculous to say no, but unless you are screaming for it, we don't build it in for you because sure. it's a whole other commitment. It's a whole other, you know, area where people have to have committed actions and a bit of and a bit of management and sometimes it's more let's drive toward meeting live well you know i love the fact that you're using ai which is clearly computer driven and yet your intention is to drive face to face or you know platform to platform connections where people can actually have a conversation because nothing happens in isolation right um, so we need to sort of marry and connect all of the dots of the things that are most effective in order to drive our businesses forward. And I I'm assuming that, you know, just thinking out loud, you know, a dating app kind of works the same, right? They have all kinds of data that they're putting in about you as an individual, and they're trying to take the data that sounds similar uh, to someone else and then say, oh, these look like a good fit. So it, on, on a real macro level, that would be, or a micro level, that would be the, you know, the, the way in which your program is working. You're taking You're data. You're not wrong. And we actually studied some, some of the, again, remember 15 years ago, there yeah. was, you know, only a few dating sites. Now, again, they've multiplied and become specialized, which I sure. think is part of the game, right? Yep. You do want a few yeah. Big shopping mall anchor tenants. And then you have the ones that are sort of, uh, you know, specific to people. But we learned a lot through looking at dating sites. And we actually had the chance to talk to a couple of early days CEOs of dating sites when we were building our algorithms and balance, calibrating similarity and difference. How do you have the right similarities to make the glue to make it feel like, you know, we have an affinity fairly quickly, sure. especially online, which is not the same as in person. Yeah. Um, or we're able to see that we don't and move on quickly. But the algorithm should be suggesting what's that balance of similarity and differences that creates chemistry. Right. And that's that's tricky. But this is one of the potentials we have with the, you know, AI piece or the ability to analyze big data in a way that doesn't take months and months and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It, it can be done re relatively rapidly. Mm -hmm. is you can start to see some patterns and what works for people, both in this, you know, micro context of the purpose driven program and the macro right. context of how does our psychometric predict that, right. you know, these two will collaborate well together and these two will find out a lot about working with someone who's very different than them. <laughs> you know what I love is that I'm sure it's a repeat business situation because I'm sure people come to you and they think, okay, let's just test this out. Let's say this is the, you know, that we, we've got a, we have a problem. We're trying to find a solution. Let's try this. And then when they achieve a level of success, they're like, okay, now the floodgates are open. I can think of 10 or 15 things that we can use this for to speed up the process of finding solutions 
and connecting the people who have the same problems. So I can see that it's a, over time, it's something that, you know, to your point on credibility, you start small, you give it a go. And then once you see, wow, this is awesome, then you open the doors to all of the other opportunities. So you can see, actually probably see businesses really grow who start to work with you because they're getting success. We do. And what's really cool is, you know, in, in a lot of the programs or even even the incubators that we support, mentees become mentors over yes. time or yes. they they end up, you know, we have a, a couple of, of wonderful not for profits we work with in conservation like Nature Canada from the floor. They now have communities of practice that they, you know, have because they really want to share some of the mentorship information that's going around. So it is a little bit addictive. I will say, you know, and I think Trish, we're all dealing with the same thing of, of, of attention. Mm -hmm. Alas, that at this point, we can't just take the data exhaust you have from LinkedIn or other things you do online and figure out all about you. We still actually want to learn about you from you. Sure. So there is that little bit of upfront investment to figure out how does this, you know, give us the right data and, and work out how it works. But as you say, once you make that little bit of upfront investment, which is a lot cheaper than a big heavy leadership development program, right? Yeah. Then we're a rate of the races. And just as you say, all of a sudden there's demand for the program or there's right. demand for people to understand. The, and one of the most exciting things that I see is, people starting to really understand that we are all working in ecosystems. And so, you know, the, if we're, if we're thinking about an, an accelerator or an incubator, you know, there's the startups and then there's all the services and people that are trying to help them buy from them and so on. And if we can just be realize that, you know, which ecosystem am I, am, am I part of and what's my role in that? And maybe it's, I'm, you know, somebody, a manager or a leader or a worker in a company what value proposition am I bringing that helps keep this ecosystem healthy? Right. That's a really interesting thing that's starting to happen is people are starting to realize that, oh, oh, I not only am doing this thing for me, but there's this larger picture that I'm part of. So, you know, our young women in conservation seeing that, wow, if we share information, we suddenly we can have help each other power to yeah. reach out and inspire, inform, galvanize that we didn't have before. Well, I think you've given us a, a tremendous amount of things to think about, Christy. And I know based on just our, our brief conversation, we'll have to have you back again on the show to take it to the next level, because I think that this is the wave of the future. And this is the way in which we're going to be able, to your point, grow our businesses uh, and make worldwide impact. Community impact will become global. So, um, you know, we'll have to have you back onto the show again in uh, a few months just so we can continue the conversation. But one of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words were mentorship, fellowship, and discernment. So wrap up our conversation today by sharing with our viewing and listening audience why those three words are so important to you and the work that you do. Thank you for that. And I wish there was a different word than fellowship because, you know, being a feminist, it's got fellow in there. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's good. We all <laughs> it's all good. That's all good. That's all good. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I chose mentorship, fellowship, and discernment because I feel like mentorship, the ethos of mentoring is actually really important to our world right now. And I don't think that it's always older, wiser to younger, less experienced, I think there's many ways to mentor. And I think this, it's a short, a short form that we use at Pollinate around how do we bring people together 
to get important things done via knowledge collaboration, via, via sharing that inspiration and information. And when you come, the fellowship piece really creeps in because when you think about mentorship, what makes mentorship work the best is generosity, right? It, that, that is the fuel, is that there's an openness on the mentee side a hunger on the the mentee side and there's gener enough generosity and grace in the system that the mentor whoever again maybe it's somebody younger maybe it's somebody with just That's a right. different expertise yeah. is willing to engage enough to try to make an effective knowledge transfer situation with that person so this whole idea of fellowship i think is really important and then discernment i feel like one of the things we have so much choice as to what our put our intention to right now and our attention. And I think that intention and attention are what some of the most powerful tools that we have as humans. And if we do not discern the purposes that we want to put them to, we continue to expend our energy on things that a don't necessarily become generative for us. And if they're not generative for us, they aren't generative for the world. So discerning where do I want to put my energy? What are the what are the purposes that I want to I want to focus on? What's the goal I can get to now? Has been a recipe for success for our mentorship pairs and I think it's, you know, philosophically it's definitely something that I continue to think about is how do we help people make great choices as to where to put their intention and attention on the daily. Well, I would like to really seriously thank you so much because the whole purpose of this particular platform, ShareYourStories.online and Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, is exactly that, trying to make purposeful yes. connections that help people. So you and I will have to have a conversation offline and come up with some ways in which we can try to apply the intelligence that you're using through AI and the wonderful folks that we have internationally on our platform. So my heartfelt thanks for joining me today, Christy. And I really do. Talking to you. I really do mean um, that we'll have you on again, you know, in another six months, just to sort of continue the conversation and maybe talk about the ways in which we were able to collaborate and push the envelope forward in terms of mentorship. So thank you. Thanks. Sounds great. To you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduced you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find Christy's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. And for other inspirational stories, subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. Thanks again for tuning in. And we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.